Welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Newton, back to talk about the best way, the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is through player props. We are live here, 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday, giving you our favorite props of the week and taking your questions. So if you are hanging out with us now on YouTube, subscribe, smash the like button so you don't miss a show. Lots of other great content here on the full for four channel and then jump in the chat let us know anything that you're looking at here for week nine kind of a slow release this week we we're just talking about before we went live here not a lot that's out there uh comparatively to this time typically on a, on a friday afternoon so uh what are you looking to see we can hopefully get to that at the end of the show joining me as always connor allen how we doing good uh still reeling from that loss of rex burkhead under eight and a half rushing yards last night when he had one carry for nine yards one carry i mean I was at Daigle's house and literally, I mean, I was yelling. I almost left. I almost left. I mean, we broke even, but still felt like a loss. Yeah, the process was strong, but uh, yeah, a explosive play for Rex Burkhead uh, situationally. So yeah, tough, tough, tough scene there. So, uh, but good stuff. We'll get back on it, get back on the wagon here. Also joining us as always, the man behind the Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience. It is, of course, Pat himself. How are we doing? I'm I'm all right. I would like to have Chiefs Titans props out, but they don't exist apparently. Yeah, a number of games have been slow to release, uh, and just like some have released a little bit. And yeah, I'm not quite sure why, especially in situations like that where there really seems to be very limited. I guess the Tannehill thing maybe is part of why there's a release there. I think that's kind of what we see when there's injury question marks. Those games kind of, you know come out Friday night, Saturday morning when uh, you know, most sane people are sleeping. But we'll see. Props but never we'll sleep. But why aren't there Chiefs receiving props? No, that's fair. Yeah, there's nothing, no questions on the Chiefs side. Maybe, well, there's no injury Tony wise. Like the Tony thing is a, is a new piece, but we should we should have those out there. So I'm with you. I don't know why there aren't uh, Patriots receiving yards. Uh, not that that's uh, a market that we want to all run into, but uh, I'm interested in Jacoby Myers. I would like to see what that number is. Not quite sure why that's not out there. So um, yeah, let's get into it though. Before we do, I want to remind you two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available on youtube both in podcast form as well uh, subscribe there we appreciate that in addition to the prop drop here our game preview show with connor john daigle and myself goes live 6 45 p.m eastern on thursday nights leading you into thursday night football uh we had uh none other than the man the siege uh cj kaltenbach from elite last night uh, actually pretty contained siege show we were expecting like siege level takes and he Actually, it was fairly measured, and uh, you know, I thought it was a good stuff. Lots of good picks there, so uh, check that out too. I think we had what six games, lots of good bets, lots of good actionable stuff, and we had a successful Thursday nights outside of the obvious pre-mentioned uh, Rex Burkhead stuff there. So uh, we're about halfway through the season. The price of a betting subscription at four for four reflects that. Now, fifty percent off from the original rates, it gets you access to everything on the site, every article, tool, DFS optimizers. Subscriber-only Discord, which is where Connor and I push all of our picks through first. I can I think that alone is worth the price. So head over to 444.com slash plans. Uh, if you reach out to us on Twitter, Connor and myself, or at 444football, at 444bets, uh, we'll find another way to get you even larger discount on top of the already 50%. Just generous out there today. So, all right. Uh, these are not stale lines. These are available for you to bet right now. We give our best to make sure that you can get the current price, same line, anything that we did as close as possible. Connor, let you get this kicked off here. First play for week nine. Yeah, my first play is TJ Hawkinson under 35 and a half receiving yards. You find this in minus 130. I'd play this down to 30 receiving yards. I'm I'm pretty surprised it's even offered, to be honest, in the first place. 
given that he was just traded to a new team here uh, on Tuesday. And if we look at kind of the guys who had just gotten traded recently, like their first uh, stints with their new team, none of them played even more than 28% of the snaps. Like, and those are at, you know, running back with Christian McCaffrey or Robbie Anderson or any of those guys there where I just don't see a way where TJ Hawkinson playing tight end, which is one of the most like difficult positions to learn because you have to learn how to block and you have to run routes. You have to learn like two things at the same time uh, in a new system here. I just can't imagine him playing a big role on a, on a short week here on a new team with like no, I mean, we talk about the Jeff Wilson trade to Miami where he has like some schematic understanding of what's going to happen in Miami. And he's going to be like literally handed the ball and just told to run. Whereas TJ Hawkinson has so much more on his plate. So, I mean, I, I anticipate him playing probably, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20% of the snaps here. So I, I really just don't see a way that he goes over this number. Yeah. I've been surprised to see that the market didn't really react. And sometimes someone, someone like this like sometimes gets posted and gets steamed because I didn't see it when you first posted it. Uh, but it's kind of moved and kind of held out there too, which is I'm curious about. But I, I think your process there is right. Patrick, do you have any thoughts about, you know, hot kind of coming over and uh, this 34 and a half number? I actually like the over for it. I think he's going to play more than you think. And it's primarily because besides George Kittle, he's probably the best blocking tight end in football. That's why he's been brought in. Yeah, it's going to take a while to catch up on some of the schematic stuff, but it might be a lot of, hey, we need you out there. You're now in pass blocking, seal this edge. We're in run blocking, seal this edge, and then just go run your routes. And the issue with Hawkinson on the over-unders is that, you know, it's one stiff arm and he's down the field. That's usually just how he gets to his overs every single game. It's not like his A dot is huge and he's catching 40 air yard passes. No, he's catching like a 10 air yard pass, making one guy miss. Then he's hard to catch once he's into the second level. So it'd be a stay away for me in this game. Yeah, I stayed away too. I, I think your thought process is correct. Again, you have a ton of outs anyway on an under, so no problem with that. Uh, Pat, how about you? What's your uh, your first one? This is tough, to tell you the truth, because all, all the ones that I really like this week just really haven't been out there yet. So I think I'm going to go to rushing yards, and I am going to go to the Chargers and Atlanta Falcons game and stick on the Chargers side of the ball. Now, if he doesn't play, then obviously you get a void bet. So it's not a win. It's not a loss, just money back. But 55 and a half for Austin Eckler on the ground seems super low against a team that can't legit stop anything. Now, maybe the Chargers don't run enough. I do have Herbert projected for 42 passing attempts in this game, but they are likely to be down both of their top receivers. Param picked up a new injury. So it might just be Gerald Everett there that if they can sustain drives by running, and it's not like it's going to take Eckler 23 carries to get to 55 yards. He could do that in 10, basically, or eight uh, with this Atlanta defense that they might actually have to turn to the running game a little bit more than maybe that they're used to here. So that number seemed artificially low to me. Uh, I get it based on his workload, the amount of attempts he gets. And now that he's a little bit nicked up, that could be an issue. But I do like the over 55 and a half. Dying for some Eckler receiving numbers. Those came out like... An hour before a kick, I think last week. Um, uh, I, I got some here for you. See, we have, we have. Yeah, I got receiving yards. I think I thought I had them. Maybe I don't. No, no, they they did not come up. Although Zacchaeus is on the board now, so they're filtering hmm. out. Hopefully, uh, Connor. Thoughts on the uh, the Eckler play? I mean, same thoughts as you. I was waiting for like a rushing receiving combo because I'm I'm pretty confident he gets there. You know, it's just a matter of whether it's a screen pass for fifty yards or a run for fifty yards or maybe both. I don't know. You know, I think that. That there's probably multiple ways that he gets there in this spot and receptions that we have haven't projected for seven receptions for 71 yards uh, through the <laughs> receiving, which is sounds absurd, but it's probably about right. I, I have, here's the thing. I have him eight for 63. <laughs> 
again, no Mike Williams too. Like they, it's not like they're going to use him in a vertical way, but they need some like explosive plays. You know, this is not what Josh uh, Palmer does very well. It's not what DeAndre Carter, definitely not what Mike Bandy does. So like we need something to push this offense down the field. So I do think it's going to be a heavy amount of Eckler, you know, and I think like Pat said, you don't need a, a ton of carries to get there here. And it's a pretty soft landing spot against a, soft Falcons defense. So yeah, no problem with that one at all. Uh, my first is one of the ones that I on like Monday morning was, was circling and uh, really excited about getting down on uh, Terry McLaurin receiving over 66 and a half yards. I think 67 in some spots, but like the juice is, is fine. I'm fine with it either. I actually think his over on his longest reception to 25 and a half yards, I think is a pretty viable play. He's been peppered with targets with under Heineke. Uh, his like first read targets are way up uh, target share of 26 and 29% in the last two weeks. It's a total of 16 targets and Minnesota has been gashed with big plays. They are uh, 32nd dead last in the league in DVOA against wide receiver ones. And they are giving up the highest rate of explosive passes on the season. And we've talked about Heineke here in the past. Like he's got a little bit of that D gaff. He, he thinks that he's kind of that guy. He's not afraid to push it downfield they have some question marks too minnesota does in the as far as the health of their secondary this week cam dantzler i think is is questionable heading into this one yeah so i just love everything here on McLaurin's side uh yeah 67 and a half i think is where it's out now in DraftKings. no problem firing at that so uh connor any thoughts on McLaurin? no i mean i think it's probably a little bit light maybe like i don't know you know five ten yards light. i think it's just going to come down to whether or not they connect on like that one deep pass you look at like his recent games here uh, you know, he had like a 42 and a 37 yarder from Heineke. The matchup lines up right. I, I like it. I think it's the right side here. Pat, where do you have uh, McLaurin projected at? I have him projected for right around this number. This was actually one of the ones I was going to play as well. So now, now I need to scramble mid-show to find one that's not yours. <laughs> and hopefully I can come up with something. What do I have him for? I have him uh, five for 75. Uh, yeah, I just, I like it. I think same 25 and a half is a big play too. And yeah, he's not been a high volume guy in the last handful of years, but again, the big plays are, are definitely there on the table. So, uh, again, hanging out in the chat, continue to ask us questions. We'll get to them at the end of the show. Connor, pick number two. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll you know deviate here real quick. What's the word on Andrews? Uh, we just got a notification he did not practice again. You know, live during the show, a little quick breaking news there. So, I don't anticipate don't anticipate him playing, but you know, we can uh, talk about that at the end of the show if we want to go in deeper in that. We could do it real quick. I mean, so Isaiah likely obviously was a monster last week when he was off the field, but the Saints have been the best in the league at defending the tight ends. Um, what do we think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on what his numbers come at. Like, I mean, last week I was like super excited to get a guy like Harrison Bryant's props, and then they ended up being like 30 something yards, and I was like, eh, it's too high. Just puts up a total goose egg. Uh, I think likely's fine. I think he'll probably just get like steamed up massively if he opens up in like the 20s. Uh, so we'll see, but I do think he's a fine, like fantasy play if you need help. And, uh, obviously he did great in the preseason, but again, a lot of that was with, you know, Tyler Huntley who provided a lot of help for Mark Andrews, like best games last year. Um, just like love throwing in the middle of the field. So I think likely is fine. Everyone loves likely though. I know I'm on an Island. I got a ton of hate preseason about being like, yeah, I mean, he's fine, but like, I don't think he's like, you know, the next, uh, Gronk or anything. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at on him. Yeah. Pretty comfortably the best team according to football outsiders DVOA metric against tight end. So I don't know what people think about that, but it's, uh, it's, 
paid itself forward as far as like the Bills, who have been pretty much the dominant team against tight ends all season. And that's been where really good tight end performance has gone to die. So there's without Bateman there too, like they're going to have to throw to someone. And I think Lightly probably does see some decent volume. But again, speculative. It's hard. Like I know, Pat, you probably don't have uh, numbers for Lightly without Andrews in the lineup. Right. So it's, yeah, you know, I, I can to, come. I can come up with them as we speak if you'd like. I think it makes for a good, you know, good discussion here. Let's see. All right. So I, I, ha- I had Mark Andrews at a 28% target share. So we'll, we'll put that down to zero. And I guess what, what do you buy? I had likely at 10. What do you bump him up to? That's the thing. Like, where do the passes go in this offense? Right. Again, no Bateman. So let's say they don't 20, throw the running backs. 24%. That sound right? It's fair. All right. We'll no, bump Josh Oliver up from five to 10, I guess. Is Nick Boyle playing? Probably. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll have to bump him up a little bit as well. So we'll go to 10% on him. And we'll go to 5% on Oliver, I guess. And uh, Kenyon Drake up to 8%. I don't think Gus Bus is going to be doing much receiving out of the backfield. I guess we put Demarcus Robinson up to. 15% from 12, and I guess we're good to go now at 100%. All right, let's see what this uh, see what this projection gives me on old Isaiah Likely. I like him this week, but I'm not too concerned that the Saints are great at covering tight ends uh, because very few tight ends are going to probably be the focal point of a passing game uh, outside of very few teams, and I don't know if the Saints have actually played anyone like that so far this year, so... There's that angle to it as well. So let's see here. Where's likely at? Likely would give me four catches for 39 yards in that scenario. Yeah, you're probably getting like four and a half receptions, like juiced anyway. So it's probably not, a, I don't know, not a great look. So, yeah, I mean, if you get anything in the mid-20s, I think that'd be a smash on the over. But uh, if we get like a low to mid-30s, I think it's probably just like a meh. And that has them running, let's see, half and half rushing to receiving. If they're leading in this game, they're going to be running. Yeah, the interesting thing, too, with like the Bills and the Saints, who are great at it, like we have Bills who play a ton of zone almost exclusively, and the Saints play man at like the league's highest rate, too. So it's not even like a schematic thing. And DVOA should is designed to kind of capture that instead of being just raw stats about you know, they've allowed X amount to, because I kind of hate that analysis because it doesn't, as to Pat's point, doesn't capture who they played. Um, so DVOA is supposed to kind of knock that out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to see some targets. He'll probably even get some looks outside of the perimeter if Mark Andrews isn't here with, with Bateman out of lineup too. So wait, see, it's a Monday night. So we, we books are obviously not posting stuff on Sunday. So they're in no rush to, to post uh, Saints Raven stuff here, I'm sure. All right, Connor, back to you, number two. Yeah, so my second one here is Marcus Mariota under 180 and a half passing yards at this point. Uh, Noonan, I'm, I'm sure you probably have this on your list too uh, for the attempts. But uh, I mean, Falcons here, awesome matchup in the running game against the Chargers, who are 27th in run D EPA, 23rd in run D DVOA as well. Mariota went under this number in four straight games prior to last week's shootout uh, you know, against the Panthers, connected on multiple deep passes. In the four games prior, his highest yardage total was just 147 yards. And I think given the matchup, kind of like what we saw against Cincinnati too, they they really thought that their edge was in the running game and that that's what they tried doing, like despite losing by three scores, basically the entire game. Uh, and I think that even in this spot, even if the Chargers are able to kind of get a big lead here, uh, you know, I do think that they're probably going to stick with the run. And personally, I know Newton and I talked about it on the other show. Like, I think that the Falcons can kind of hang here and like 
can keep it within like a neutral game script. Right now, it's only, I mean, they're what, three point, uh, three point dogs. So I don't know. I think that this game's close. I think that Falcons run, a ball, run the ball a ton. I think they have a ton of success. So I think the under on the passing yards is great. I don't know if you want to chime in at all here with, uh, you know, your take on the attempts. Yeah, I'm under on the attempts. We were waiting for them to post it last week. They never came around. It's a little juicy. I think I'm minus 135 now on DraftKings. Yeah, I got minus 130 on Rivers. You can see kind of where it's heading on Caesars there too. Producer Sal, if you're hanging and watching on YouTube, I was posting our, uh, our prop market there from 4 for 4. I mean, last week it took, to Connor's point, it took a 34-point fourth quarter and overtime for him to, to pass this much. And it was actually one of the highest play volume games for the Falcons all season last week too. So kind of an outlier for him to get to 28 when you look at what they've done. And even if you just look at, you know, pass rate over expectation, they still were pass heavy. I mean, run heavy, they negative 14% pass rate over expectation in that game. And the chargers invite you to run. They are like bottom five in explosive run rate, EPA, DVOA, all these things. Since basically Brandon Staley's got there, they are fine with light boxes and, and fine with allowing you to do so. And it's working for the Falcons. So I do think to Connor's point that they are a live dog at home. This Chargers team is is beat up. So yeah, I'm still, I'm willing to pay this. Typically not, you know, minus 130, minus 140 is not something we typically do too often, but I just think this number is bad. We're usually, as far as our projections are very bullish. Uh, on quarterback projections, and even we have Mariota uh, at 23. So, uh, Pat, where are you lining up on the Mariota stuff this week? Mariota, I have at – oh, boy, scroll down to the bottom here. No. Oh, that's completions. That was like 12 attempts. That doesn't seem like very much. I have met 20 attempts for the week. But, like you said, it just weird circumstances led to overs hitting last week. And sometimes you feel great about something and eat some juice like, like I did last night in the Thursday night game with Damian Pierce. I was like, over two and a half receptions, minus 150. Perfect. It's like free money. No, not even close. <laughs> well, you feel good about it, though. You know, that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'll start spending that money now. It sounds great. I'm going to go to a quarterback. Taylor Heineke. I can't find the passing yard total. I think that's the one that I would want to play in this game. I have him projected, I believe, top five in the league in terms of passing yards as we get number four uh, at 270 yards. I don't see anything out there yet. So 231. I was it 231. Uh, where did you find that at? Uh, DraftKings, Caesars. No, I didn't. I, I was, I'm looking at DraftKings now. I don't see it there. Maybe I'm just weirdly scrolling. Okay. Over 231 passing yards for. Taylor Heineke here, as I have him projected for, you know, 40 more yards than that. Uh, I just think that Minnesota can be passed on. They give up big plays, as you talked about. Everyone's betting Washington this week, which definitely means that the Vikings will be up 21 points at some point in this game. And then they'll allow Washington to get back into it. That's both the Minnesota and Washington strategy every single week. So I love 231 and a half. I, wow. I thought it was going to be like 262 or something like that. So, no, I love that. Yeah, I'm in. Awesome. Yeah. We talked about it on last night's show too. Minnesota's great. They're like one of the best teams in the league in the first half. I think their scripted 15 just seems to work. Uh, and then they very much come back down to earth. So yeah, I mean, if you do like Washington, probably better to wait and bet them live. But that also bodes very well for the McLaurin and for the Taylor Heineke props here that we're talking about. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on on Heineke? I'm, I'm very interested because it correlates well with the McLaurin stuff and Pat is this bullish. I feel uh, we should probably uh, take a look at that. Yeah, the Heineke one's a good look. Uh, I didn't really think about it in, in that, uh, I don't know, I guess, context, but I, I do like it. It's the matchup's great. 
I think Minnesota should have some success. Like it's, uh, yeah, this is this is a good look. You had two seventy nine last week, only two hundred in Green Bay, but that's because that game was just like you know, I mean, they were just sucking a drive on both sides in terms of you know running the ball and like there's minimal play volume and a lot tougher matchup than Minnesota. So I think that this is a, a much better spot here for for Heineke to kind of you know keep going there. And probably, I mean, yeah, like you said, probably two sixty two seventies, well within reach here. Pretty good pace up spot there too. Uh, I would expect so. All right, Connor, back to you for uh, for your third. Yeah, my uh, third is my guy, Zach Wilson, under 210 and a half passing yards. Uh, I, I'm i really surprised, honestly, this number is over even like 200. I, I don't really get it. Uh, I know that he's had a couple of big games here, uh, you know, occasionally, but he's gone over the summer in two or five games a season. Bills have, you know, allowed more than this in, in uh, only three of seven games so far this year. Uh, Bill's top five in pretty much every pass defense metric, probably getting Tredavious White back, I think. Uh, Jordan Poyer is announced out, but uh, on the other side, Zach Wilson also will not have Corey Davis. Elijah Moore ran behind Denzel Mims last week, so I, I don't even know if he's a factor in this game. Maybe they get him involved, but uh, I, I think that that's more of just like a prayer at this point. Zach Wilson just really, really struggles against what the Bills do well. We saw last year, week 17. Zach Wilson completed just seven of his 20 passes against Buffalo for 87 receiving yards with Buffalo playing that, you know, zone defense, keeping the ball in front of him. Uh, we talked about last night's show, but I just think the exact opposite of what Zach Wilson could hypothetically do well um, is in this matchup against Buffalo here. Also, Zach Wilson against zone, 37th out of 38 qualified quarterbacks in uh, Sports Info Solutions. Uh, metric against zone, 38% success rate, success rate against zone. So I also expect the Jets to start extremely run heavy too, after kind of what we saw the Packers do against them last week. So like if we're going to see a run heavy approach to start and then him probably struggling against the Bills defense, uh, I just don't see the way that he gets there barring like, I mean, 50 plus pass attempts, which I guess is possible. Uh, but even then, I just think there's gonna be so many interceptions. Like we've seen him play in some comeback games and he's just a complete train wreck for the most part. Pat, you had a smirk. Are you... Uh... You don't need to tell me that Zach Wilson sucks. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. data points to back it up, but yeah, watch a long-winded uh, explanation. Just this, when I could yeah. have just said he sucks. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, I know theoretically, like it's beginning these spots where it's like, oh, the game script's going to be so bad that he's going to have this like crazy good day because he's going to throw so many times. It does not work like that. That uh, just, uh, that, that happened against the Patriots last week. It happens like it does happen sometimes, but it doesn't always necessarily correlate with like, oh, you're going to be down 30 points, 20 points, and they're going to just have to force it. Like he's just bad. He's inefficient. And they, I don't think you're going to see like a massively different scheme from Buffalo. Like they only bring four. They're not going to like change all of a sudden, like, oh, they were blitzing all game and now they're like resting because they're up by 20. You know, he's just, He's bad. And if you can't move the chains, you can't sustain drives. Like you have to get in these big spike plays. He just hasn't shown the ability to do that. So I get why maybe like I looked at it too. And that's why I was looking at completions. I'm like, yeah, he could just think and duck to Michael Carter. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, just kind of holding the bag there in the third quarter where he's, you know, already topped it because he can't push the ball down the field. So I don't know. I like Connor's look. I was just looking Zach Wilson over 0.5 interceptions is minus 200. That's a great place to eat some juice, I would think. Uh, I, I would actually go the other way on that. I, I think that the no the no interceptions on bad quarterbacks is the way to go. Like PJ Walker, no interceptions is plus one seventy. Like the the Bengals are out their two best corners. That one's enticing. Or Josh Allen over half an interception at even money against the Jets. Like 
I, I think this game is low scoring, weirdly enough. I, I like a lot of the unders for the Bills in general, just because I, I like the 12 and a half is tough for me. I probably like the Jets there, but I actually don't ever think it's going to be a competitive game. I feel like I've, I've talked myself into this one scenario of how this game is going to go. And it's like Bills win 22 to 10, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, they cover the spread there too. So No, they don't. They, they don't cover by a half point. Okay. Well, I saw some 11s today. So Ew. it depends really? on where you're, where you're at. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would think unders in that game make a lot of sense too. good perimeter quarters for the jets. So yeah, I don't hate that at all. Yeah. Uh, like I wanted Isaiah McKenzie over receptions, but I, damn, that's not available. Yeah. And probably is until, until Sunday morning for some reason. So it's, it's probably a good thing. Cause I want to hear about the role that Naheem Hines is going to play in this offense. Cause he might just be a slot receiver. That'd be interesting. Anyway. Well, they got enough of them. They got Khalil Shakir. Like they got a bunch of dudes. Like, I don't know. Uh, what's your theory, Pat? Uh, Deion Jackson receiving prop over 21 and a half receiving yards. Was he going to have 13 targets in this game? Yeah, that's uh, that just popped, huh? Yeah, it's up there now. Minus 110. So uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. So yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. I'm guessing Connor, you probably like that one a lot. I do. Yeah, that's a solid look. I, I didn't see that. I mean, we, it's great because we're getting stuff dropping during the show. I know. So the downside of everything dropping all at once is that it's dropping late and you know, we get antsy and we want more for the show. But the good thing is, is that when they drop all together, like, you know, they're not quite as efficient because like, like sharp betters aren't able to like just get in there and like shape every little thing, like as they methodically drop when they all just dump together, it's like, you can just get on things like, and there's, there's way more opportunity, I think. Well, here's the thing, though. Do we think that his receiving role is wildly reduced with Ellinger and not Matt Ryan? I think it's different. So I think, yeah, I think that that's kind of like the lazy uh, analysis we've seen so far today is like, oh, the last time that he was in this role, this is what he did. And it's like, no, they, like Matt Ryan was doing something very different and very, very game, you know, game flow specific and game plan specific, too, I think, against the Jags there. So I think there's still room for him to get there even if this shifts down massively, because it sounds like they're not going to bring Zach Moss here. looks like it's going to be Philip Lindsay. Yeah. So like, I'm not super worried about them. They said that's going to be Deion Jackson to kind of be the guy looks like, you know, probably negative game script. So yeah, I think it's probably there's room for it to not be what it was last week and to still go over this 21 and a half. So Connor, so I know we typically be, shy away the, from these, but yeah, because the only reason I mentioned this, like, between Hines and Taylor last week, they had two catches for 29 yards, which would win us this bet, obviously. Sure. That's great, but that's not super inspiring. No, it's a good point. Um, yeah, because Ellinger, least... I mean, Ellinger likes to run, too. We talk, talked about it last week. I mean, he got, like, what? That that bet didn't hit because he was, like, two or three holding calls. Like, he had, like... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but hold, hold on a second. I knew that. You can't be like, <laughs> oh, well, he we should have got to his over because of the holding calls. We wouldn't have fucking got... 40 yards there wasn't holding they, they were non they were like non-holding they were like even like relative to the play like he's like out on his own running and then it was like you know holding it was it was pretty ridiculous i mean maybe maybe you're right but i don't he was not even close to the guys it wasn't great 47 and a half is his rushing number i like that far less than his uh his receiving number here so well, it, it's good, too, because the Patriots are really good against the pass, very poor against the run, but that would also filter a lot of receptions to guys underneath, I would think, rather than down the field. I'm wanting to go back to the Elliger rushing one, too. I've seen the pass gashed by uh, by quarterbacks that can run a little bit, and I'm still of the mindset that Ellinger is a uh, a willing runner. So 
uh, wait for that one to populate too. But yeah, I like the Deion Jackson look quite a bit. All right. Uh, my third is let's move a little bit. This is my first play of the week it was Aaron Jones over 98 and a half total yards. Um, I played it at 93 and a half. I still play it at 98 and a half. Like anywhere under a hundred, I think is fine. Uh, just have talked endlessly about how the lions are a very, very generous lover. Uh, regardless of how you're looking to game plan against them, they will allow you to do absolutely anything you want. Actually talked about it yesterday. Shield Kapadia of uh, the ringer. I was talking about uh, looking back at true media. They have basically EPA back to 2000, 23 seasons. There's been basically 734 instances of a team performing over that time span. And the current iteration of the lions is the worst team since 2000 defensively in EPA per play. Um, it is a historically bad defense that will allow you to do anything that you want. And I think we've kind of seen Jones separate a little bit from AJ Dillon in recent weeks. He's handled at least 80 or 62% of the running back carries in three of the past four uh, injuries to the wide receiver core. I think has helped his passing game opportunities as well. He's got 15 targets in the past two games, which leaves the team uh, pretty comfortable, like 29, 19% target shares in those game and then last week, too, we like seeing them run and run successfully late, even though they maybe should have been a little bit more aggressive. Uh, they had some success doing so. And this feels like a spot for Aaron Jones to go absolutely crazy. We have him for 78 yards in the ground and 39 through the air, which puts you comfortably over this mark. Uh, like I said, anywhere up to 100. So, uh, Pat, what do you think? What do you have Aaron Jones at this week? I like Aaron Jones under as always. Okay. Just because you noisy with the A.J. Dillon stuff? It's not necessarily it's noisy with the A.J. Dillon stuff is that like when you just go parse through all of Aaron Jones's numbers, he really only has like five big games every year because the Packers don't seem to know what they're doing on offense. They're like, oh, this week we're not going to use Aaron Jones at all. It's like, OK, uh, I don't know why you're not using what seems to be your best player at this point, but just with the way that they coach, it's a lot like the I know DeAndre Swift is banged up, but he wasn't weeks one and two. It's like, why don't you just give this Swift guy the ball? He seems way better than this other guy. It's like, no, no, no. We got to give the other guy 60% of the work. The Packers do the exact same thing. And in games where they should most definitely run, they'll pat. Like, what was the stupid game they played in London against the Giants? Like, oh, this is a smash for Aaron Rodgers' unders and rushing overs, which it should have been, even with the way the game played out. It should have went that way. But no, of course, it did not go that way because the Packers. So I, you, I feel like you've just won a lot more money blindly betting Aaron Jones unders over the years rather than overs. Yeah, I would agree with that premise. I think the recent usage is great. And because the, the Lions are so bad, they can even kind of play with their food a little bit here, mix AJ Dillon in, go really pass heavy all of a sudden. And like Aaron Jones can still do this on 10 touches because the Lions are just that bad of a team. So uh, Connor, any thoughts on the uh, AJ Jones or uh, AJ Jones, uh, Aaron Jones look? Yeah, I think Pat kind of nailed it for me about why, like, I just don't bet Aaron Jones overs generally. It's just like the usage is like just so, I mean, I don't know, random. It's just like, I mean, even the last like three weeks, like against Washington and the Jets, he had fewer than 10 carries. He got a ton of usage in the past game though. So that's good. But I don't know. It's just something that like, I think that, like you said, he can be efficient. He can get there for sure. I would almost, I would almost rather like alt bet stuff if you want to take it than just take like the rushing season. Yeah, that's a that's pretty savvy. Just try to find like if you want to bet the over, find some crazy progressive. Like I won a big one last week on Jacoby Myers progressive receptions. Like I just looked at it, it was like, huh, you know, 
all the Patriots do are going to do in this game is just throw over the middle. That's they only have one guy for this. And I think I played eight or over. I think he ended up with nine in the game. Like, and then, you know, you only have to be right once every eight times or something. Cause it pays eight to one. Probably go back to that one this week too. Cause they will not post the Jacoby Meyer stuff. So, uh, all right, it's back to uh, you, Connor. Again, if you're hanging out in the chat, let us know any questions that you have, anything that you're waiting to see, anything that's populated while we've been recording that you want to get our thoughts on. Happy to take those questions at the end of the show. Uh, Connor, bring us home with your fourth prop. Yeah, I was I was channeling my inner Noonan with this one here. A wide receiver over. Jalen Waddle over 67 and a half receiving yards. So he's played five games so far with Tua. Uh, when Tua's played 90% of the snaps or more, he's 5-0 and on this number. His lowest was 69 receiving yards in the other games, 171, 102, 88, 106 receiving yards. The Dolphins with Tua have been crushing, you know, essentially top five in every pass offense metric, uh, you know, with in games that Tua started and played the majority of. Uh, now they get to play the Bears. Bears just allowed Dak Prescott to go 21 of 27 for 250 yards, like 9.2 yards per attempt. And that was after trading away Robert Quinn. Now they just traded away Roquan Smith as well. They have essentially no talent in their front seven. Uh, we have Waddle projected for like 88. I think I'd play it up to 70. I know there's some weather concerns, uh, you know, in Chicago. But, uh, I mean, right now we're looking at the weather forecast being like 13 to 14 mile per hour winds. Wind speed just doesn't even matter until like 20 plus. So, um, you know, I'm really not worried yet uh, at all. And I think that this is just a fantastic matchup here for for Waddle and this Dolphins offense to keep crushing. What, what was the number again? 67. It's funny. I haven't projected for 59 yards. Wow. Which seems crazy to me, but I just think I have a lot of running in that game. Uh, Bears run all over them, not a problem. And uh, maybe Miami tries to take the path of least resistance. I talked about this a little bit this week, and I guess you guys are local to Chicago, you would know. I feel like Miami is is one of the reasons I like the Bears this week. Miami is the team that is the inverse construction on offense for what you would ever try to do at Soldier Field. It'd be like playing at Heinz Field. Like that field sucks. Like it, it's in rough shape and their entire team is speed predicated that this might actually that might be the best defender the bears have this week is that crappy field yeah it's like they grow the kakuya out and let you try to play in like three and a half inch rough to slow everyone down and uh yeah it's a mess they they let because the park district owns it they let high school games get played there all the time like it's it's insane Uh, they put down a new turf this year it's just as bad like everyone's still complaining about it so yeah, it's, I mean, it's why they're moving to Arlington Heights out by you, Noonan. So, yeah, I mean, you're about to be real close. Took away my horse track, but they're going to bring me the Bears, which uh, I'd rather have the horse track, but uh, it's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my only concern in this game would be the play volume because I do think that Miami can play slow. Um, and if they do lean a little bit run heavy, I think it was encouraging last week because going back to the Lions, who let you do whatever you want, they chose to go pass heavy. So, it does feel like when they have kind of all systems running, uh, you know, they had turn Armstead at the left tackle. They kind of had everyone that they want and they decided that they decided to go, let's go pass heavy here. So maybe that kind of leans here. And again, this is another guy who was electric. He can do it with big plays. And so I, I don't hate it whatsoever. I'm not tailing it, but I, it's a brand guy for you too. And I respect you chasing a, an elite alpha wide receiver over. It's not been a typical play for you. Uh, Pat, how about you? Last one. Or this is my favorite my, part. All the ones that, you're thinking about. I, I have two that I'm thinking of, really. And I mean, maybe there's more. They're just not available. So I every week I, I keep going back. I think I had the Tyreek Hill over last week. Like I think I did. Anyway, I bet it. So hopefully I said it on the show. But like these the high end receivers who 
like, are their odds too low? Like I said, T, T Higgins is loved by my projection system, but I don't actually believe it. Cooper Cup would be next. I'd actually be more inclined to bet the under on Cooper Cup because I don't think that he's anywhere near full health this week. What's a DeAndre Hopkins total yards? Uh, Hopkins. 83. Yeah, I mean, I have him 10 yards over that, but that's that's too close for comfort. So I have it down between Christian, two Jags, actually. Christian Kirk, over 53 and a half receiving yards. Uh, the target volume has still been there, 7 and 10 the past two games. Obviously, he didn't get there against a very good, uh, defense last week, but you would probably see Christian Kirk playing primarily out of the slot this week against the Raiders, the Raiders second worst team in football against slot receivers. seems like a very logical match. Also the Raiders defense is horrible uh, against the pass and the run. ETN's only coming in at 76 and a half rushing yards. feel like he goes well beyond that. So that's what I'm going to go with Travis ETN over 76 and a half rushing yards. The one, one on my list, that it's up there now, uh, but I haven't fired at it, is ATN longest rush, uh, 17 and a half. He's like, if you look at like his last couple of game logs, it's like 48, 38, 30. Like he's just, he's getting it done. The Raiders haven't allowed a, mu- a bunch of big explosive plays on the ground, but like you can run on them. We saw last week with the Saints who want to run and can do so successfully. So yeah, and it's hard to not be pro everything atn right now uh and they're well, the usage and is with, great and with the volume he's getting like he yeah. might get 22 carries in this game correct yeah so probably you're looking at the better the better line there to go just total rushing yards versus the one explosive what do you think there connor any thoughts on atn yeah no i, I didn't really think about it in, in that context but yeah like the usage has been insane like i mean there's no reason he shouldn't get at least you know 16 plus 17 plus carries in the spot and again in a good matchup so yeah, I mean, I'm into it. And he's been just so good. Like, we talked about it before, this for your longest rush. Like, he's been an amazing, like, explosive rusher so far. All right, I got a, a bunch here. Uh, one I just fired at before and uh, was about to post it for subscribers. Um, it's moved a little bit, though. It's still available on points bet. Uh, Robert Tanyan, over 30 and a half receiving yards. It's 31 and a half on Caesars, MGM, DraftKings. This is a re- kind of weirdly low to me i mean he's he's done this comfortably in the last three weeks basically since he's returned and is is healthy um 12 targets four targets six targets the lions are dead last in surprising a dead last in dvoa against tight ends this season we know the injuries there we talked about to kind of you know prop up the aaron jones thing i just think you're going to see five six targets and receptions here for for tanya and who's who's uh actually can you know, actually do some stuff with the long receptions too. Like you've seen longest reception, 20, 14, 16, 19, 15. If he's catching three balls here, he is uh, is getting there with no problem. So uh, that one's a little light to me. So I like Tanya and we have him, I think, in the mid 40s. So uh, Big Bob would be my fourth one. But the ones I'm also looking at, we talked about Devo- yeah, Devonta Foreman. I think that that's going to be, whether it's longest rush or total yards, no DJ reader still for the Bengals, so you can run all over them. Uh, and again, I kind of think, and I know our guy Sharp Clark does as well, thinks that Carolina might be live there. Uh, get just a different Bengals team without Jamar Chase. Jacoby Myers again. Uh, the Colts are uh, by far the worst um, in terms of how they defend receivers against the slot. They uh, have allowed, I think, uh, their slot receiver or slot corner uh, ranks 102nd out of 111 according to PFF's grade. He'll avoid. Stephon Gilmore on the outside for the most part. Actually, like Devontae Parker being out, I think helps him too because you'll see more Taekwon Thornton 
running some more vertical stuff, he's getting double teamed at uh, like almost an elite receiver rate, which is not what he is, but no one needs to double Devontae Parker. So I just think that you're going to have more open area over the middle of the field for Jacoby Myers, who continues to get fed, and he'll probably open at like 50 and a half. He was like 48 and a half last week, which is ridiculous. Um, probably going back to both Justin Fields and Geno Smith rushing numbers because they're both facing teams that like to blitz a lot, teams that have given it up on the ground. Geno did it again last week, saved us late in the fourth quarter, but again, just sees a lot of blitzes and is not a like design run guy, but he's fine tucking and scrambling. Had 48 uh, on six carries in the first matchup. That's hung at 18 and a half, which I think is a pretty good look. So, um, And then Hopkins, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I'm almost willing to pay the juice in the receptions. I think that's probably the way I'd go. Minus 130 on over six and a half. But I think he's just he's such a massive part of that team. I think there's just going to be a lot of plays in that game. So those are some of the ones that I'm looking at. Did we get James Conner news yet? No James Conner news. So uh, tackles. Official tackle props, 14 and five over at uh, four for four. Didn't get some of the ones we wanted to post last week, but they the ones that we did worked out pretty well. Um we're going to go with Ryan Neal again, our guy last week who got us home for they for the uh, Seahawks. They posted him finally. Box safety for uh, Seattle playing the you know, Jamal Adams role. He's going to get a lot of chances here. Uh, got hurt, left the game a bunch of times last week with cramps. Still got home for us over five and a half. They'll probably post it at five and a half again. Uh, we will go back to the well there. Javon Holland is a, a safety for Miami. Uh, he took on... The box roll last week with Brandon Jones heading to the IR, had 12 tackles, played 30% in the box last week. We know that the Bears want to run the football. I think Javon Holland, based off of maybe his media projection, based off what he was doing early in the season, he'll probably only be posted at like four and a half or five and a half. And he's got a roll change, which is not being accounted for. So I think that's going to be a nice look there too. Uh, and then Quay Walker, who is a you know moron and got himself tossed in that game, against the Bills the other night, the linebacker for the Packers, uh, probably sees uh, a lot of work here. He will – he's 13 tackles the week before against Washington. Um, Devondre Campbell hurt his calf. He's probably out. So you're looking at every down roll for Walker uh, and a lot of plays in that game against the Lions. So um, I don't think he's going to be suspended. We haven't seen anything. He probably would have been already if you saw that game. He, he randomly just pushed a coach or – you know, an undressed player on the sideline and got himself tossed in that game, but uh, almost had six and a half tackles before he got tossed. So full game here against the Lions. Quay Walker is going to be a look for me this week. So again, uh, betting subs at 404 in the Discord. We'll get those sent to you most likely Sunday morning because they're waiting as long as possible to hang the props on the tackles. So Connor, is there anything that's on your list that we haven't touched on that you kind of want to get to? I want to hit some uh, CEH unders. Pacheco, maybe carry overs. Um, you know, I mean, I just, the, they did a little switch last week in terms of like their roles. Pacheco technically started a uh, tough matchup against the Titans, strong run defense. So I think some CH unders there, even though they're going to be like probably, I don't know, 25 yards. I think still the under is going to be a good look. Uh, I don't know. I think Higby props are dropping right now. I think Higby overs could be interesting. Uh, we talked about this um, with the Rams matchup here against the Bucks. I feel like with Cup kind of not 100%. Um, and the offensive line still not in necessarily great shape here. The only way the Rams are going to move the ball is by going with like quick passes to, you know, Cup or Higby. And if Cup's not 100%, then I feel like Higby might be that guy to soak that up a little bit. Um, so I think that's interesting. Antonio Gibson 
receiving overs. Uh, no JD McKissick. You know, he was already kind of soaking up the only pass work there was. And now I think Brian Robinson is probably not that guy. So no McKissick. I think Gibson should, I mean, should be involved in the passing game at least a little bit. Connor and I were talking about this too. It was a, a little nugget from Seth Walder from ESPN who does a lot of their uh, analytic stuff. Been 30 running backs this season who have at least 100 routes uh, on the year. Uh, they've been targeted at an 18% rate against man and a 25% rate against zone. So, and then also um, they're more efficient too. You're seeing a reception on 21% against zone versus just 12 against man. And Minnesota is running the highest rate of zone defense of the week. So that also kind of bodes well with that little nugget too. A lot of cover too as well. So the Antonio Gibson stuff and the, the receiving overs make a lot of sense with kind of that little that piece there too. So uh, we will now get to uh, some listener questions. Again, if you're hanging out in the chat, fire away. We will see what we can get to here. Go for it. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, be, we'll hold up our end of the bargain here with uh, rolling through some of these questions. All right, so what do we got here? Zach Ertz, over 39 receiving yards. Seattle's been terrible against tight ends this season, but we've seen a little bit of a change in Ertz. Ertz was kind of a layup for us, uh, four for four subscribers. No, we've, we hit Ertz uh, reception number uh, repeatedly this season. Um, and I like that probably more if uh, you could still maybe sell me on that versus the yards for Ertz because we know he just literally catches the ball, turns around, falls down. Um, but he has seen less work. Let me see what that actually is. It, uh, it's, he only has four and five targets each of the past two weeks. I kind of like the under, but uh, it's just because Seattle's been so bad against the tight end. I didn't play it. I was going to play the under because I'm like, man, since DeAndre, it's since DeAndre Hopkins came back. Now they've run down more healthy still. Like, you know, I think that they're probably going to, I don't know. It's, it's just the, the matchup makes it so much more appealing. If there was not like, like the blatantly worst matchup, you know, I would definitely be on the unders. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's got the same route participation as he's had for you know, the last six weeks. He's around like ninety percent every every game. But you know, the two weeks before we had Hopkins back, twenty four percent target per route run, twenty one percent target per route run. Last two weeks, ten percent, so literally cut in half. And last week he had a four point two average depth of target. Um, again, this guy's not doing anything after he catches it. So if he's literally just catching these little layups um, and falling down, like 39 and a half is, is too much. So I, again, if you liked it and you're bullish in this matchup, because as Connor said, like the Seattle thing is, is kind of real. It would be receptions for me, but I think 39 and a half is, is probably a decent look to the under. So yeah, this is, it's just kind of different with the way that they've used, you know, Rondell in the slot there too. And, and um, yeah, sorry, Zach Ertz. It was a great run, but uh, the time has, has passed. All right, what else have we got here? Amon Ra. Where are you on Amon Ra this week? I mean, love Amon Ra. Uh, the yardage is a little high for me. It's like mid-70s. Six and a half receptions is juiced up. I think at minus 130, kind of like it, but I it's just it's a high number and, and minus 130 is tough to do. Um, you know, Connor would laugh at me if I posted that for sure. Uh, so you know, maybe a same game parlay and tying it into some other stuff. It's just it's a high threshold. Again, I don't think that the Hawkins and stuff impacts him a ton but it probably doesn't hurt uh connor what do you think about amon Ra? yeah i was kind of like praying we were gonna get another five and a half we played the over five and a half receptions last week late in the week just the more we were we kept talking about it we talked about it on our live show on sunday morning and i was like yeah this just has to be a play and that cash i mean should have cashed in the first half actually and then ended up 
you know, being a little bit of a sweat after he had a goose egg in the third quarter, but um, you know, easily ended up over five catches. Now six and a half minus one thirty, as you said. I think the over is still actually fine. I mean, even at minus one thirty, I think that's probably still the right look. It's just that, especially with it looks like Josh Reynolds is probably out too. Uh, so it's just going to be Ooh, Khalif Ra. Raymond. Yeah, Khalif Raymond's um, been getting work. Yeah, Khalif and Amon Ra, though. I mean, like, how much work can Khalif Raymond really get? I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is he? Uh, 91% uh, route participation, three straight. He's got four straight games with a catch of at least 20 yards. Uh, I was encouraging to see his role stay the same with Amon Ra back. So, um, yeah. I mean, I like it, but I, I it's just – it's it's tough. I mean, I, last week at five and a half, it was because – we weren't super sure about how healthy he was, and he've he's had a little bit of you know touch and go playtime over the last handful of weeks. But Pat, any thoughts on uh, you know Lions passing game, guys? I mean, is it? Who, I don't know what Mitchell's first name is. I want to say James Mitchell because it looks like Wright might be out as well. Get a look at a rookie tight end. Uh, I don't know if they'll post numbers on him, but like on DraftKings, I like him at twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. James Mitchell is like a this is like a Virginia Tech thing where they have these like former quarterbacks that they because James Mitchell is the same thing right wasn't he like a quarterback Connor at uh, at V Tech who I think he's like a, another Logan Thomas? Thomas no yeah, listen, he's like James Mitchell is like the same thing he's like Logan Thomas part two oh. the same dude yeah I mean I I would believe it uh shout out Logan Thomas man you know I I miss that guy you know he's been uh he was my guy for a little bit there but now uh you know gone forgotten I feel like. James Mitchell will be uh, interesting if, if Brock Wright is out. Probably be pretty low numbers on uh, on James Mitchell. I mean, I don't. Can we really talk ourselves into betting a James Mitchell over? I feel like. Oh no! Yeah, what not... if the over is eight and a half? Yeah. Well, then yeah, if the over is eight and a half, yeah. I'm with Pat. It's probably more of a DraftKings play. You hope he you know catches one in the end zone, and and that's about it. But uh, it's like Quinn Quinn Tarantino that played last night, or whatever that guy's was the tight end with the the I don't know what his name was. Yeah. <laughs> Taryn Quintino or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Qu- Quinterano, Qu- Quinteriano. I don't know. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Green Bay's offense is a mess. We agree. Yeah, the Pitt, uh, Heinz Field, formerly Heinz Field, they also let uh, college and high school games get played there, which is just absolutely wild. It's amazing because uh, in like like European soccer stadiums, like or like even soccer stadiums, you're not even allowed to like touch the grass. Like even if you're like even like remotely in play, like, you're not even allowed to like see it. Like it's it's just it's nuts. Um, I don't understand this question per se. Do you have Stevenson higher than St. Brown because of the Lions' inconsistent play, uh, or because of St. Brown's injury history this season? It's probably talking about our rankings. Okay, well, I'm going to use it as a chance to talk about DeAndre Stevenson or Ramondre Stevenson, who's going to have a a nice workload, perhaps, because it looks like Harris is DNP again today. He's out sick. So not a great matchup against the Colts, but if it's going to be just Ramondre, who has been an absolute beast in the passing game, uh, total yards on Ramondre is going to be an interesting look here as well. That gets uh, posted anytime before Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, if referencing the rankings, Connor and I aren't in charge of the rankings or the projections specifically. So, we can't help you with that, but uh, you can take it up with John Paulson. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that is. All right. Fields, 233 rushing and passing for Fields. Um, thoughts on that, Pat? I don't mind that, actually. Miami's defense sucks. and you know, Maybe like, – is Bradley Chubb going to see like a full complement of snaps here? I, would I guess doubt it. Situational, yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe on third downs only. I mean, with the way that they've designed runs for him recently, even if Claypool only has a few design plays, they're probably go deep chase, and he might come down with one. So I actually like the over in that. I hate that too, and I am bullish on Fields' rushing yards here too. We've seen Josh Allen, we've seen Lamar go for big games too. They will bring the blitz, uh, and I think the Bradley Chubb, if he plays, even probably helps a little bit more too. See him flushed out. They're obviously being more intentional about those Justin Fields' rushing attempts as well. So. Uh, you also asked about Christian Kirk. Pat touched on that. Raheem Moster. I'm a little worried that Jeff Wilson comes in because it is the same offense that he knows from San Francisco. So I'm I'm staying away from anything Raheem. I actually think Raheem Unders might even be worth a look. Pat, do you have any feel for you know brother Raheem and how that's going to go? Kenneth Walker over 72 rushing yards. I mean the dude breaks big ones every week. Uh, have not played it, but obviously looked at it quite a bit. think the volume is nice here. Connor, any thoughts about uh, Kenneth Walker? I was looking at this, maybe rushing receiving too. They're talking up. Uh, P Carroll was saying how they haven't even like officially like, un- or I guess like released him or, you know, like, you know, fully unlocked his potential, uh, which I don't know. I mean, could lead to some more pass catching snaps if that, if that's what they're looking for. So I was looking at maybe like a rushing receiving combined that's in like the mid eighties. Uh, you know, he got there and he's gotten there just in rushing alone the past three weeks, including a game against Arizona. Uh, I mean, it's minus 130 on drafting. So I'm not going to lay an over uh, a yardage prop on minus 130. But I think if you could find reasonable juice, something I've been looking at, actually, I've been, I've been dabbling and considering. I know you were on to last week. It came back to bite you a little bit because you just didn't break a long run. But uh, I think it's kind of a decent look here. Yeah, I don't hate it. We've seen teams actually lean more pass heavy against the Cardinals, too. They've been pretty decent against the run, but uh, I think this guy might just kind of be an exception to the rule. And maybe I go back to the well on the longest prop, uh, longest rush instead. So J- Jared Goff's rushing prop is two and a half. He's been over that number five of seven games for the last five. You're looking for something. I felt like a male under. On that? Yeah, bit, low, but the low, over normally hits. Low threshold, uh, you know. Low number, single digit rushing numbers for uh, for you have been pretty successful this season. Yeah, listen, if you would move that number to five and a half or six and a half, you know, then he generally goes under. But two and a half is really low. Hot photos of your sister. You're a scumbag. Why are you posting <laughs> hot photos of your sister? You know, get out of here. What it's is your, going on? Here? It's your sister, man. You bringing the porn bots right now, Noonan? I what? don't know, but like, uh, what else we got? Pag, anything else for the listeners? Ah, my my DraftKings show dropped on Mayo Media Network, so you can go check that out. Tambo and I, he won you know, 61K last night. It's like a regular thing now. Print Fest. It's insane. You know, I am definitely obviously in on the challenge. You know what all I care about now, Pat? I just want to see Jordan and Tori get back together. I do not. I can't stand Tori. Really? A lot of people yeah. can't stand Jordan. I love Jordan. I do too. That's me. Yeah, I love Jordan too. Softy. They like a good love story. Did Connor, you watch this? Did you watch this week's episode? I did not watch this week's yet. Okay, so never mind. Yeah, behind. Probably t- probably tonight. Uh Connor, how's your challenge experience been so far? It's been uh it's been great. I got a, I got a little bit more time uh I got a little bit more time this weekend now that I've dedicated myself to sobriety for as long as possible, so I have time not to drink and to watch the challenge. So, here we are. I'm excited. I'm excited about this for you. All right. Uh, what time are the live shows on Sunday? Uh, live shows are for our subscribers. It's in our Discord at 4 for 4. Uh, 10.15 on 11.15 Eastern time. Um, I once used a non-Eastern time in a conversation with Pat, and he uh, scolded me. Everyone uses Eastern time. 11.15 Eastern 
in our Discord for 444 subscribers. Again, 444.com slash plans. Uh, the betting sub is half off. Access to everything on the site. And again, reach out to us on Twitter at 444football, at 444bets, Connor, myself, and we will get you a, uh, a discount on top of that as well. Get you into the Discord. I'll take you through the end of football season, through the end of February. Uh, we're rolling. we got other sports, NBA, college hoops. Uh, we got MMA, lots of great stuff going on uh, in the 444 Discord. So check that out. Again, don't forget to download and listen to everything on the Pat Mayo Experience. Check out Pat's YouTube page, Mayo Media Network. Smash the like buttons, subscribe. Uh, Pat does a lot of great content, goes a long way in uh, helping him do so. And uh, he can do cool things like join us weekly to talk about props. So that wraps us for this week. For Pat and Connor and Ryan, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.